We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Jack Ramsey's live show. Danny Morang, Brandon Sprague. It's Jack Ramsey's part of the Blue Wire Network. I got to get that in more often. You know? I'm going to keep, the, keep the, the, the boss people happy, you know. Uh, it is a special episode because the NCAA tournament is going on, but also because we didn't do a post-game show last night because I felt like death. Uh, turns out we're covering from a massive surgery. Uh, even when you feel good one day, you can still feel like crap the next. Who knew? Hey, you know, you weren't the only one to feel like <laughs> shit yesterday. So were the Blazers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, four days in New York, baby. That's what they're get. Yeah, um, we're going to spend a ton of time. I've got about 20 questions here from you guys that came in rapidly. So thank you for those. They were um, waiting, man. They were like yeah. sharks with chum. They're like, oh, yeah, here we they go. They came all in about five minutes. I'm like, okay, that's a lot to have right, like, right out of the gate. Cool. A uh, ton of NCAA questions, which makes a ton of sense because of where we're at right now. Um, some crazy bracket-busting stuff. And, in fact, you know what? While we're going, I'm going to pull up the bracket. I'm going to see if I can check and see who's winning because I can tell you right now it's not me because I got screwed. Uh, <laughs> I was a, a Swartz right now uh, has a 99.6% wow. bracket rating. So that's one loss all day then, right? Wow. That's got to be the I wonder what the loss was. Uh, actually... Iowa. Iowa is the one, but everything else. Oh, I mean, but Iowa probably effed his bracket, though. Um, Iowa messed a lot of people up today. I had Iowa I, in my I, final four. You and I both had him going to the final four. Yeah. Uh, but got Michigan, Tennessee, Gonzaga, Memphis, and called the UConn upset with New Mexico State. Dude, I didn't see that one coming either. I should have. We should have thought more I, about the 12 fives. Honestly, I, I had UConn going a little bit. I had UConn going for, further. You're not the only one. I, I know a few people that had a UConn in their like Elite Eight. Yeah, like they really liked UConn's yeah. ability to uh, to get through that thing. But look, this is the fun mm. part of the of the madness. Nobody knows. Nobody has any idea. I mean, I was watching, I forgot what game it was because it's been going so long, but <laughs> I was watching one game just like uh, an hour ago, and Charles is at halftime, and Charles is like, I'll tell you what, man. That's why you gotta you gotta you gotta catch fire, you gotta play hot at the right time. And I thought, Charles. Iowa was literally the hottest. They team were the hottest team in the country. Yes, that that was part of why I was like, listen, they've got Keegan Murray and I, like Blazers tangentially related. I, I I wanted to see more of that, but they were good. They like yeah. even without even my being brain dead and not getting Keegan Murray the ball in the Big Ten tournament for long stretches, he was still putting up you know monster, monster twenty ten nights yeah. with dumb efficiency and it was like every time they needed something like oh there's Keegan Murray but also they have a roster that was set like they they have dudes at shooting every, yeah like but they got two relying on the three and bad matchup too I mean it was a team that kind of matched up with them like mm-hmm. they had a decent big and they also had some shooters like it that can happen too in this tournament man three Random ball is the great equalizer it really is and we're about to see it right now because Kentucky as we talk is down three with 42 seconds to go, and it's St. Peter's ball. So we may have a 15-2 upset here. They are really going to just sit here and they're yes. going to mess around. Oh, my God. Oh, they almost just got it. Yep. Wow. Okay. That's always one of those things that's fun to, to do live. <laughs> I've enjoyed um, I've enjoyed some of the commentary I've been seeing on Twitter on just different thoughts on the prospects too. You know, the yeah. Blazers are in this draft, so a lot of these players are kind of in the, the spotlight. 
we got Memphis today. We had Gonzaga today. Uh, we had Iowa today. Um, blanking on if there's anybody else that I'm missing, but like we had some decent names to watch play today and get an idea of, hey, how do you feel? Does the tournament change anything for you? I've, yes. I, I have an opinion, Daniel, that the tournament's fun, um, but just as many people had Iowa in the Final Four, um, you also had people that picked them to lose. Like, who knows what you're going to do? And mm. I don't really look at one player in college the same way I do one player in the NBA. No, uh, there's very, very different uh, translations between both games. There's no doubt about it. Um, the interesting part of all of this is that there's definitely some confirmation bias one way or another on a lot of guys. I just literally flipped over. He hit the three. Wow. Okay. Go to double OT. Oh, God. You said it out loud. Oh, that coach was <laughs> heated. St. Peter's coach was very mad about letting that one go. Good God. I don't know what you that's do a, about That's it. a hell of a shot. That's a hell of a shot, man. You can't look at I mean, they're right there. What do you do? You don't Is that Ty Ty? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Is Ty Ty going to be the hero here? Oh, man. Well, Boost Derek Rose-esque for uh, old Calipari. Yeah, there you go. Oh, man. That's uh, yeesh. That's, that's a lot. Um, but there's... Uh, obviously, we, we, there's a big chunk of players that are getting ready to play still. Uh, the, the day two of the NCAA tournament, Duke is going to have four first-round guys, most likely, between Bancaro, uh, A.J. Griffin, uh, Mark Williams, and uh, who am I forgetting? Um, oh, Matherin. No, that's Arizona. Uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. For the love uh, of God, point guard. Uh, blah, 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 Ivy. blah, blah. No, no, from Duke, uh, Wendell oh, Moore. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. <clears throat> no, no, no. I was talking about just, just with Duke. They have four first round guys. I was, I was going for the retweet of the, uh, the live link, and I heard, I missed the Duke part of that. Oh <laughs> yeah, throwing out names I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Who's he thinking about? Uh, Austin actually just DM'd me. He says, "Thanks for the shout out about my bracket. Feeling good about it so far." But I go to Montana State University, so I had to pick them upsetting Texas Tech tomorrow. Oh, no, Austin. Hey, Austin, I hope that happens for you, man. There's not a better feeling in the world than when your team wins when you think that they won't. Yeah. I Man, I sat there with USC for about 20 minutes. Really? I was like, my heart, my heart, my heart. What'd you do? I got. I picked Miami, bro. I'm sorry. I know you did. You told me that ahead of time. Okay, I know. I, I just have to check my bracket. I'm in the 52nd percentile right now. I am struggling. I think you ultimately, like, you got to pick with your heart in this thing because, like, your head don't know shit. You don't watch these teams all year. What do we I, know I, I about did pick USC. Team? I did not end up picking yeah, There you go. You yeah. should. I, I had them getting one win. So um, let's dive into some of these questions because we have a truckload of them. Uh, all right. Jason, at Hecubus01 to Portland, the fourth pick, and Chet, Jabari, and Big Carroll are all off the board. Who do you pick or do you trade out of it? It's a good question. Um, there's a lot of options for them. And, and honestly, I, I don't know if we're going to end up with the same person, but I don't think there's going to be a wrong answer on either player that we pick. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I've, I've gone back and forth with a lot of dudes. Um, don't pull that, cl that clip. Uh, but my, <laughs> my ultimate thought is I think I, I'd, be, I'd be very interested to see how Matherin performs at the Blazer practice facility. And I, I'd be very interested in that. Six 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 seven. Uh, listen, this athletic, is the first, this is the first time that shoot. the Blazers have had like elite prospects coming in for the draft. Yeah, like, in a while. And hopefully they don't go off and reel off like a five game winning streak and end up like ninth or tenth with what's coming forward in the schedule. Like we got to keep the bugs out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. But there's a good chance that you could have A.J. Griffin, Keegan Murray, Ben Matherin. Uh, Kentucky just lost, bro. Yeah, I know. That's 15-2. We had a 15-2 upset today. Yikes. Holy You S. could have a Tari Eason. You could have a Johnny Davis. Yes. A Jalen uh, Duran. You could have a, a yep. Jeremy Sochan. Like, you could have a Jaden Ivey. I mean, it, you could have... Op, you have an unlimited options. Yeah. Like that's, that's what I'm saying to people. Like, it's not, you know, if I like Keegan Murray or I like Ben Matherin or, you know, I, I know you're, you, you like Ivy a lot too. Like mm -hmm. if, if you like any one of these guys, I think that's the cool part of this draft. This draft was billed as you know, it's a two player draft. And it's like, as time's going on, it's never a two player draft. It's never. And it honestly, this isn't even a draft in my opinion where I would look and I'd say, 
definitive franchise superstar players, but these can be very valuable pieces if you pick the right guy in the right circumstance. Like I look at Jaden Ivey and I see it like a version of John Morant. Yeah, I, I'm that high on Jaden Ivey. The problem is the Blazers have a $50 million point guard and they have the $25 million point guard right behind him to hey, ready to take Joe, the keys. What did Joe say? Best player available. Best player available and you worry about the rest. Yeah. Again, and this is why I've had so many discussions over the last 48 hours of trying to understand what Portland is going to do. What what they might do, what like there's still so much that can change because of a, lot. Uh, a, a player that could flame out. But just like trying to understand what they 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 do they they are trying to go do, how they're trying to build this team. They're tr- they're trying to live in, in both worlds right now, which is operating for the here and now and the future. The the Dame timeline and the Ant Nas, Keon Johnson, Greg Brown next timeline. And the problem oh, yeah, is there's, sure. there's a massive gap between those two, because yeah. Ant's Ant's 22 years old and Dame's 31. Like that's you don't have the gap bridge between those guys where there's somebody else there. Like Nurk's what 20 29? He's gonna be 30 soon. Yeah. So like you're just you're you, you don't have that in between. You know. So I think once that those guys age out. It's going to be a hard transition, not necessarily a hard transition, but it's going to be a quick transition to the next guys up. And I think it's a really, really interesting spot to see what Portland does in free agency, who they add to the team as far as like trading back or do you keep it? I have a hard time believing that they're going to get the value out of trading that pick as opposed to what you could. It's definitely one in the hand, two in the bush situation. Like if you trade it, you're going to get a in prime player. You're going to get a 26 to 30 year old player, probably 26 to 29 if you're looking at it for that number four pick. That would be my guess. And you're going to get somebody who matters. But you may look back at that and go, "Ooh, that hurts." Yeah. Because the only time you see those those picks traded, Brandon, and where you're you don't care are LeBron years. You know. Oh, right. Yeah, no. Right. I'll trade Andrew Wiggins away for Kevin Love and get a title. Yeah. Yep, the Blazers aren't in that position. They're in that in that murky level of well, so they got to got to keep their options open. I think a lot of it hinges on what they end up doing if they keep the New Orleans pick. Um, you know, if it's if it's let's say Jeremy Grant, right? It's the guy that many tied to Portland. If it's trade the New Orleans pick, which is top, I don't know, for argument's sake, ten, and Detroit's willing to say, yeah, I mean, Sadiq Bay scored fifty-one points tonight. We've got Kate Cunningham. Like, mm-hmm. if if that's what you do then I think you keep that pick because I, I I don't I don't look around the league right now. I don't know about you. I don't look around the league and see a, a player that's going to become so disgruntled that you're willing to trade a top four pick. Like a lot of the scuttlebutt earlier for the season was Jalen Brown, right? It was mm-hmm. Boston's not going well and he doesn't seem very happy and they're having team, you know, locker room meetings. Maybe that was in the cards. It doesn't seem like that anymore. Like Boston's actually got a good setup in the East. They're going to play I, I think Chicago in round there's one something and, there. Yeah. I, no, no. I like as in like unless they make a monster run, I think he may want out regardless. Well, and and maybe that's the case. And if that is, then we'll we'll touch on that. But like the way I'm viewing it right now is, I could see them getting to the second round. In fact, I would pick them to get to the second round because I don't trust Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I think they could push. Not win, but push one of those top-ish teams. And if sure. they even beat Boston or uh, Philly, I wouldn't be stunned. So, like, I think it's tough to lay out who's going to be available. When you're talking top four, though, um, it's it's not just the Dame timeline now. I think you have to think of the Dame timeline as an extension. So Dame's timeline, to me, until we hear otherwise, is is not one or two years. It could be. But I think you need to play under the assumption that it could be three, four, hell, maybe flirt with five if he's seriously committed as being a lifelong blazer. And maybe that's far-fetched right now. But my point is you could still get a very good young player who next year helps but isn't like what you what you hope for year one. So maybe year two, year three, so, you get so a little bit three, more. So year three, and that's, you know, I, the comp I'm using is Phoenix. And I know Phoenix is a very high barometer. I'm just yeah. saying in the sense of, Chris Paul is 36, 37. Mm-hmm. Devin Booker's 25. Bridges is 24. Like Aiton's 23 or whatever. Like all these dudes are 10 years younger than their point guard. And their point guard is still playing at a very good level. 
And if that's a position you find yourself in, you got to talk that out. But I think you keep that pick. There's some good players in this draft. I mean, there is. And, and the Blazers have not been in a position to fundamentally remake the roster like this in years. Right. So, I mean, you had one opportunity in 2016, 2017, where you could have done some things. You could have really hard reset, but you didn't. And beyond that, you had 2012 and you got Damian Lillard. Yeah. So that's that's definitely a, a way I, to look at it. Crypto OK says, still, still, still think he's staying, huh? In regards to Damian Lillard. Guys, you're not smarter than anybody else in the room. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> Damian Lillard is staying here in uh, for at least another year like i just right and it, that's the important thing for joe is it not is joe assuming joe's the guy keeping that job and i think we do yeah if joe is keeping that job they've got to have a heart-to-heart sit down and say dame we're doing everything this summer we're going to get this team as good as we possibly can you're going to get year. your extension you're going to get your yeah. you know your 107 million dollar extension we want you to be that guy if if you if, if you don't like where it's at by the end of next year, then let's just be honest, right? Like, let's put an expectation on it. And I know they don't only like to do that in this business, but I think Joe and the Blazers and, and Dame, they need to have that conversation. And I think that's totally fair for both sides to say, let's be mature about this. What are we thinking? Do we need to get to round two and you're good? Do we need to get the West Finals and then you're good? Do you truly want to keep being committed? Like you say, and mm. I think they take him at his word, but... They need to have that conversation because if he's like, ah, yeah, let's see where it's at in a year two, I still think you go and draft the best player. You don't worry yeah. about the Dame factor. You want him to be good, but because you can figure sways, figure things out from from there, kind of going forward. And maybe it sways him that you exceed an expectation and you look like, oh crap, in two years with that guy and this nucleus, it's gonna be a really good team. Uh, another question, kind of in the same vein, this is from Jeremy Cricklow at Strive. How low does Blazers pick have to get before they decide to trade it and not use it? I say seven is when they really start thinking of moving that pick instead of keeping it. Hmm. I don't think you move your own pick unless you have a real, real return on the table, tangible return, like a team that just flames out in the playoffs and they're like, "Yuck!" And we are gonna reset. Now you know what? A top ten pick, top eight pick. Pretty good return because, like well, again, that's you. You know who you could draft with that pick at that time. Well, when Philly gets bounced in round one and Harden doesn't sign the extension, Joel Embiid's going to ask out, and Daryl Morey's going to have no choice but to pivot into a top four pick. <laughs> this, this is the best timeline. Uh, number four pick and uh, Yusuf Nurkic, sir. Here you go. <laughs> I mean, seriously, is Joel Embiid not contemplating what he's doing if they get bounced around one, I, which, by the way, is a total possibility? Yeah, I mean, he, he does have James Harden for a teammate. He turned right. He, he turned. Harden, he, you know, playoffs. You know, playoff P is uh, or playoff Harden is uh, pumpkin Harden. So well, and 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 by the way, he didn't sign that extension. That was misreported. Yes, twice, and I, that's why I was like. So, Everybody I talked to hammered that point home to me for a year. James Harden wants to have he wants to be wined and dined. And I still it's like And if they get flamed in round one, oh my God, which, you don't think James Harden's gonna be like, I'm by I'm out of here. I'm going to a different city again for the third time in a year and a half. He's a lousy teammate. So like I don't think they could trade Harden for any kind of return. Oh not well, not now. They'd be stuck with Harden. They'd have they'd have to move the other pieces around him. Well, is he's not isn't he unrestricted? Uh, yeah, but I I would imagine they just sign him back. Oh well, you're also on the assumption that he wants to be back. Uh, I think he wants to be with Maury because Maury protects him. Sure, that's fine. But then, like, is Joel just gonna be like, well, you know, we didn't succeed, but I'm <laughs> I'm good to run this back. Like, how many years is he gonna? That'd wait? be a fun conspiracy theory for sure. Saying like I, I that's one I would definitely go, but I, I don't see the Blazers trading that pick unless they're getting a massive haul in return because right. they, they they need the tangible assets. This is this is what Neil O'Shea screwed up was that in the in the oper- in the when the the brightest lights shined in the biggest opportunities that they had available, they fell on their face, did great on the edges, did great on the margins, all those kind of things, but in the highest leverage situations, they ate shit, and a top six, top seven, even top eight pick. Remember, Damian Lillard wasn't a top three pick. It wasn't a top four pick. It wasn't a top five pick. Right. You you, you can six. hit. That was you, six. Yes, you can hit home runs outside of the top five. 
it becomes less likely. I'm not saying that that's, that's the case, but if you are if you are a fan of the Trailblazers, what you are hoping for is home runs. Mm-hmm. You are not stepping up the plate looking for singles and doubles with the, with that pick. You were looking for a home run. It's that that's your that's your opportunity. Definitely. Uh, this is a fun one from Jake at Jake Stevens thirty five. Would you rather fight one nerk size duck or twenty duck size nerks? One nerk size duck or what? Ner- yeah, or twenty duck size nerks. Oh, bro, I'm I'm going with the twenty nerks all day over the big ass duck nerk. I'm fighting the one duck, bro. That thing will he will literally eat you. That duck would eat you. That duck would <laughs> peck you one time, and you're done for. You're getting speared. He's eating. He's gobbling you up like you're a little pest. I'm Hot. kicking. I'm kicking the hell <laughs> out of twenty, 20 nerks heads. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> you ain't getting me. Twenty. We have another ridiculous animal question like this tonight, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm tell you right now, that's an easy answer for that one too. I'm I'm fighting the one nerk sized duck, man. You really think you take that down? A seven one. 285 pound duck yeah dude i'll, I'll uh, listen we're, we're pound for pound we're on the same level man like and he's made a lot of feathers like bro he's he's duck strong though like animals are always stronger no matter what the weight is like yeah, you, know always... much, you know how much neck there is to work with there he can't like he's got to get on but top I, of me he doesn't have arms but i like the assumption that you think you're just gonna strangle this duck and it's gonna not break gonna... its fucking neck that's what i'm gonna do <laughs> you just had hip surgery he would just kick you <laughs> He doesn't have knees. Come on now. It's a duck. Hey, you flap his wing in your face, man. <laughs> imagine imagine you fall, right? Like the duck knocks you to the ground. You're like, oh, you're on your back. And this duck walks over I, seven not... foot, 285. And he just comes at you with that <laughs> beak. And you're just like, oh, 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 oh. But see, I'm also thinking like I'm not fighting him like right this second. Like I'm thinking my hip is healed. That's where I'm operating here. Man, look, I know you served, and you're a badass. I don't know if I'm picking you in this battle, man. I think I'm picking the duck. Wow. Wow. It's not a disrespect. The, it's the, a respect. The beaver picking the duck. Who knew? Wow. Oh, Unbelievable. wow. We're going there. Yeah, huh? damn right I'm going there. <laughs> All right, we'll go into the other random question here from Randy Powell at Randy Powell 625 Would you rather fight a bear that had sharks for arms or 100 first graders? Honor first graders all day. I am bro. kicking some kids. Oh my god! Am I? You can find me on the news, kids. just absolutely drop kicking kids. Bro, you're gonna see me <laughs> choke slamming two kids into a trash can, <laughs> One, two by two by two by two. Just I call think, me Noah, baby, because I'm taking them two by two. Bro, they would get on my back. I'd grab them by the head and I'd yank them over. I am not battling a bear ah! that swings over and has jaws biting me. No, thank you. I'm out on the teeth and claws, man. He's got arms that has theme songs. Da-dum, da-dum, da-dum. I come back instead of blood splatters on my face. I've just got, you know, finger paint splatters all over my face from kicking first graders. <laughs> Well, here's the other part. In in the bear shark scenario, I gotta kill that animal. In the kid scenario, I again I just stuff them in the garbage can. And the moms will come get them, and they'll be okay. Hang them by their underwear from a hook. <laughs> hang them on the. Hey, you know what I do? I make them hang on the monkey bars one by one, and then they don't know how to go anywhere, so they just have to I'm hang. I'm stuck. Them. I'm gonna drop. I'm gonna drop. Sith of says I'm going full Batman and a hundred kids. Bro, that's a no brainer question. Come on. Yikes. Uh, James Huntley at James Huntley 27. Any changes in your top six or so draft prospects after today's game? Is Chet still expected to be number one overall? If anything, if you're talking about confirmation bias, Chet just became the number one overall pick. Chet, it's it's barring Jabari or Paolo going scorched earth. Chet is the number one overall pick. He impacted the game on both levels. There were, you know, there were possessions. Like if you didn't watch that game, and you saw the final, you wouldn't think anything of it. It was a close game for a large portion of it. Yeah. And I'll give I'll give uh Georgia State a little credit. Like they they kind of bodied with him a little bit. They made they didn't make things easy for Chet. And I think for, that for was Gonzaga a, in general. They they were well, physical as hell. They had what three guys foul out? 
Oh yeah. Super early too. Yeah. And they were dominating second chance points for mm-hmm. most of that game. Um, I thought Chet gave himself the number one pick today. Cause I just don't see Jabari doing that. I don't see Bankiro doing that. And so Gonzaga still has a run in them, but I thought Chet solidified some things. In fact, I was out on Chet. Now I'm, I'm like contemplating. So I, I'm a lost individual right now. <laughs> and I sound like the most inconsistent human being of all time, but like, I was really impressed. I was. I thought today was a was a good thing. I had some people at the game that tell me, like, dude, he's skinnier in person than I thought he would be. And I'm like, well, that's fine. Sean Farnham just told me, wait two or three years on the Dame timeline. But you know what? If he's available and you're there, like, I think you kind of have to do it unless Matherin or Murray or somebody just wows the living hell out of you in their in their. uh, I mean, if you have the number one pick, you have to take him. Well, yeah, if the number one overall pick, yeah, sure. Um. So the, the, watching him t- today, I, I've watched him a ton this year. The thing that I, I'm always I come away with, everybody's skinny, 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 all that crap. He put up that stat line that he put up today, and let me let me pull it up real quick because it was just dumb. Where is it at? I I charted it out because it was just insane. I think he ended up with a little bit more than this, but when I tweeted this out with basically they had. Sealed the game up at this point in time. He checked out, I think, a few minutes later. I think he might have had one more dunk or something like that. But at this point in time, he had 19 points, 17 rebounds, four assists, two steals, and seven blocks. Seven blocks, man. And the thing about all this was they didn't run a single bleeping play for him. No. It was all it Timmy. Was, it was Timmy. <laughs> and the the actions where uh, Holmgren got the ball underneath the rim, they were all high-low actions set up off of Timmy. Um Absolutely dominating in the paint. Just putting on a footwork clinic. They went to him in five straight possessions, and he scored all five. And it was like, oh, boy. The footwork is showing out right now. He just went to work. Uh, but, hey, and I, I oh, got to interrupt you, but I saw you tweeted. Somebody had said, you know, he's a great European player, and you're like, he's going to be a Greek god. Very well could be the case. I think a guy with that kind of skill – He's going to be limited athletically. Like we know all the things that are going against him. He, he, skill listen, he can smart. play in the NBA. I wouldn't but if I were him, or five years, I would go overseas because you could go make buku money and like again live like a god over there. Look, you're not wrong. I see. I don't. I don't think we view it that way. I. It's the NBA, Danny. It's the I, NBA are playing in Greek for a little more money. Like I think you. Take but it's not in a little bit more money. Like you're talking about. Like he's going to get like a second round draft flyer, where he's sure, going to make like sure. a million a year. Million right. and a half, or but, he can go, or he can go to Greece and make seven mil, and that's fair. and and hoop like there is no tomorrow. You're you're not wrong, but I'll use a Pac-12 player as an example of holy crap! Didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. Aaron Baines, I watched Aaron Baines sure. in college. The dude was strictly a post up back to the basket mm-hmm. player in college. He never shot threes. He he became, you know, he had a good run there in the league. And he, he had a three-year run where it was like, that's a good backup big, man. Yeah. Like, but the difference is, is Baines has real size. Where Timmy real does size. not have I, I know, that I know. size. I, I get that. Listen, Sean Marks. I, I, <laughs> I, I am not anti-Timmy at all. I, I think he's a hooper. I, he is smart. He doesn't rely on his athleticism. But for those same reasons, I think he can get his ass kicked at times. Uh, but, again... If he if he goes and does it, cool. Go go for him. I am I am all about it, you know, or for him going about it. But I'm just saying in general, like if he went overseas, he could kill. But on the Chet front, the thing about him that's that's really impressive is that I said this to kind of highlight this. They didn't run anything for him, mm-hmm. and he was that impactful. He didn't have the ball, and he was that impactful. He was a tertiary guy, and he was that impactful. If you've got a team of Dame, Ant, and Nurk. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Offensively, a guy that doesn't need a lot of touches himself but can generate them off blocks, off rebounds, off steals. Did you see the steal? At half court. Oh, oh yeah, dude, I I watched. Yes, I watched Chet today, man. Like I I that was my ultimate goal was to watch Chet. I just wanted to see, not that Georgia State's some like preemptive power, but no, a lot but of hesitations in that building today. A lot. Here's the thing: as great as that stat that box score is, and it's great, it's not that different from what he's been doing all season. He no, averaged 15 points, 10 rebounds, two assists, and four blocks. That's his that's his slash line this year. I've seen some people say, well, he only did it against Georgia State. Like, yeah, he upped it against Georgia State, and he had 13 shots. Like they, And it wasn't like he was, like, you know, forcing anything. That, that's, like, if you're looking for the upside of Chet, that's where it is. The, the idea that he's a bit of an asshole and a dog. Like, I, I saw some folks point out, man, he's getting run over while he's setting screens. You know what I noticed? He's setting screens over and over and over, willingly, while Timmy goes to work, while Nemhard works off pin downs. So even though he's getting his ass kicked, he's still doing it. How many willing screeners are there in the NBA? Not a ton. If you can put a little bit of weight on him, and that's a big question. I don't know how much he can be able to carry because he is skinny. Because he's he is under 200 pounds. He weighs the same amount as Anthony Simons while being eight, nine inches taller. Yep. Like to put that in perspective. Yeah. <laughs> that that is a lot. And 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 I hate being this guy like it's to me it's not like that's the biggest concern that I would say I I would have with him. It's but it, I can't help but tell you that it is a little bit. Just in my mind of because we've I'm, never seen it before. That's why. I'm, I'm picturing a lot of the dudes in the NBA, man, and they were substantially bigger than these Georgia State players who were kind of putting bodies on them a little bit today and you know, tying him up a couple times and getting real feisty. Like that physicality is going to be there to him every single night. And the other thing is he's going to get a bit of the Sean Bradley treatment. Players are going to circle wanting to play that dude. Like, oh, yeah. oh They're going to challenge him and want to put him in a rim. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. seven feet and you weigh 198 pounds soaking wet. I'm coming for you. And I'm not saying he'll, he's going to be Sean Bradley in the play sense, just in the player's went after Bradley. I think players are going to do that for Chet. Chet's a bulldog, though, and he's incredibly gifted. He's talented. But I'd be lying if I didn't say that is something that just in the back of my mind, I can't get it out. The skinny factor, it doesn't deter me from wanting to see them make that yeah. pick. But it, it is like it's lingering. It's there of like, oh, God, I hope he gets to 82 okay. And, you know, he puts on 15 to 20 pounds in two years because if he does that, he'll be all right. But I had people text me today. He's skinnier in person than than you than you think. Like he's like, wow, I couldn't believe he was skinnier in person. I've seen him up close, and I've I've mentioned this before. When I had Bull Bull at Hoop Summit, I was terrified. Like you could watch his ankles pronate like seventy degrees. I was like, nope, not touching that. <laughs> not in a million years. I'm like, right. I, I watched that happen, and I go, and I know his genetics. I know his dad. I know all the problems, the ankle and feet problems he had. I'm like, no, yep. not a chance. And how many games has Bull played beyond all the stuff that keeps him from getting on the floor? Has he been? Helping? I don't know. Has he played all year? I mean, he played barely. like four games he's, this year. He's been traded twice this season uh, for all of the unicorn stuff about him. Chet, he has been healthy. He's not a guy who has a bunch of injury histories. He's just long and skinny. And I, I, the thing that everybody points to is like, well, KD was real skinny. KD was real skinny. They are different players. Yeah, I mean, it's substantially different players. But in the sense of like injury prevention, 
they are very much the same. Mm-hmm. They, they're slender. They don't care. Like, for a frame of reference, Myers' shoulders are this wide. Like, he is massive. He had shoulder surgery. Look at Zach Collins. Shoulders this wide. Shoulder surgery. Guys that are bigger and wider and they have their frames out wider typically have issues. Chet is like a rail. He, he His body kind of does this. Yes, like, you know much I mean? like Kevin Durant. Yeah. And I know KD had an Achilles injury. But outside of the Achilles injury, which I think was more wear and tear than... I was going to say, man, if that if we're comping the Achilles again, injury, again, you take every year before that Achilles and injury. And all of the minutes that, that dude day. played. And that's all day you take that. And you look at Chet. He doesn't have all these ankle injuries. He doesn't have all these feet injuries. He doesn't have all these knee injuries. He doesn't have hip problems. Like, if he... If you're a team looking to draft him and you were, you were looking at the medicals, as long as he passes and you don't have, like, a Greg Oden situation where one leg's an inch longer than the other... It should make sense, at least from that side, to be able to get by that and figure it all out. I love this. This is how this is how husband and wife communicate. No, we just got great news, man. Did you? We got great news. Share it or no? I we found our mixer. I've been looking for this mixer. Oh, nice. Weeks, dude. I looked through every box, and my wife's just like, bam. Oh, she's un- unpacking it. The celebration. She just, she just I love that feeling. I'm just like, oh, thank you, God. <laughs> I actually needed it today and I couldn't use it. It was awful. But uh, look, I, I don't want to derail the show. I listen to every word you just said, no matter that my wife just interrupted. I, I What I also want to add, though, too, is this. I think you're right with KD stuff in the body type sense. Not yeah, the not game, the not game, a, not the game. No, 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 they're, no. they're different players. Get that out of your head. And I think people are doing that. I really do. I'm giving people the benefit here. This is where I get a little nervous. Everything you're saying is correct. But there's still a... Is he going to be on the block more, though? Are they going to put him at the position? Well, okay, and maybe you're right. Maybe they put him at the three because... He'll be the four. Okay, but what happens when he takes on... A big wing. When he takes on a Kawhi or LeBron or whatever. That's the question. Hell, Paul George is 6'10". You know what I mean? Like... I just I wonder about that. And then look, that could be those players are we just named the best players in this league. Nobody is stopping. Which is what which is why they need to get a big wing. More, sure. Like like if, if that would if that happened again, we're talking about like a small chance, but it's just projecting oh, it's a tiny the chance. NBA and it's and everything yeah. it's kinda of, because this is what everybody sees right now. But this is a question that I got I think was really good. This is from Michael Vassbender at V underscore bender seven. Would you rather pick Murray and Griffin or Duran and Matherin? Okay, Murray and Griffin, Duran, Matherin. Matherin. I'm, I'm going to go with the second option there. Interesting. Um, I'm going to go Matherin and Duran. Now, because you want a I, young big. Yeah, I'll take the chances on a young big, and I really like Matherin. Um, I really like Griffin. He's cool. I have a problem trusting Dukies fully. I know that's really stupid, but I can't no, help you it. You and I are in the same boat. And I like Murray, but if I'm comping Murray with. Matherin, I would I would have Matherin a little higher, so I, I'll take the second option there. And look, uh, I'm really curious to watch the the Duran Timmy Chet stuff on Saturday. I think that's going to be must watch television. And, and hopefully, hopefully I'll be in the building. Hopefully, hopefully Danny will be in that building. And Amani Bates plays more than like five ten minutes. minutes. <laughs> yeah, whatever that was, which was so. Speaking awesome of a guy who needs to put on weight, Jeez Louise. Um, but I'll, t- I'll take that. I, I think what Duran did today, he showed me some things. Like, he kind of has some dog in him and some competitor and some fight. And mm-hmm. you can look at the physical nature of that dude and go, oh, you could get even bigger. And this could Yeah, he's fun. got a kind of a frame where you're like, oh, yeah, I can see you being about a 280. Like, being Joel. He's going to make some teams really – he's going to make one team is going to, I think – They're going to reach for him. They're going to reach. And we're going to, whoa. And I don't blame him for doing it. Because the pendulum has swung in the NBA. Yes, Small ball is kind of going away, and this was this was something even during this time that I kept saying over and over again. I had a few people call me crazy, and a few people were like, yeah, you're, you're kind of on track here. In that everybody tried to copy the Warriors, and you couldn't out-warrior the Warriors because they had the best isolation score, the best shooter, and one of the three or four best shooters on their team at the same time with a defensive player of a generation. Yep, There was no way you could beat that. The only thing you could do, which nobody really tried, was to out-big them. Just big, like... Just be bigger and just bludgeon them to death. Mm-hmm. 
but there really wasn't a team capable of that time of, of even attempting to do that. And I think the NBA is going that way now. The Cavs are obviously on one hard side of that pendulum. And there's some other teams like the Warriors who still are opting to play small, but they're also getting James Wiseman back, who's seven foot, two hundred and fifty pounds. Like there, there's. I, I think you're seeing the. I mean, look at Minnesota. Big. They, Minnesota shoots threes, but like Cat is the go-to guy there, and he can take you in, he can take you out, he can stretch. Like, um, yeah. I mean, I think that's a fair observation. I still think it's not like. We're never going to get back to the Robinson, Shaq, Olajuwon days. No, but you're going to. Ha- I think the bigs are going to be more important. Even saying all that, I'm going to jump out of that boat that I'm in, and I'm going to take the first duo. I'm going to take Murray and Griffin because I think Griffin could end up being a Jimmy Butler type player. Really? Uh, wow. I, I I think Murray's going to be a very solid pro because one of the things is he is older than all these guys. That's what the people don't realize. He, he's a second year play or second year he's a sophomore. Yeah, uh, but he's also I believe he's a year older. So I think he's 21. Um, Duran's a kid. Yeah, he's a, he's a baby. Kid. He is a baby. He's a, <laughs> that old team a, is babies. <laughs> I believe he's a true 18-year-old. I think he's one of the yeah, young he, guys. He, he went up a year. Yeah. I think, I let me, think let me pull it up. Uh, yeah, he's 18.3. Yeah, he just turned 18. So yeah. you could get a kid at 18. Meanwhile, Keegan Murray is 21, and I think he will be like 22 like a month after the draft. Which I, age to me isn't like that's not a factor for me. Like, it is at the top of the draft because like Jabari's a, a, the youngest of the guys. Uh, Jabari, but, I mean, we're really no. He's not you, actually Duran is younger. Duran's younger than even Jabari. So Dur- Duran is the youngest of the of the lottery guys. He might be the youngest player in college. I mean, yeah, he's yeah, he's stupid there. young. But my point is like if you're 19 or you're 21, I. I you know, I think there is a little bit of a difference there. Not, not that I wouldn't say a player is good like Chris uh, Duarte. Like people were scared. Oh, Duarte's already twenty-two. Duh, 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 duh. It's like, yeah, it means he's good. <laughs> like yeah, that—that's just a weird thing to me. Like, yeah, it means you're smart. You have a good IQ. You can understand the game at a different level. Yeah. They're—they're they're more ready, but their their ceiling may have come down a little bit because you kind of understand what they are. Sure. But I, I really like Griffin um, as much as I like Matherin, and I really like Matherin. I like Griffin over him. I'm not mad at it. I like both those dudes too. <laughs> um, but I mean that that's a fun question because it kind of prioritizes like I would prioritize the the three and the four over the five and the two. So fun fun fact, uh the guy who asked that question, Mike, I went on a golfing trip with him hmm. last year and we were we were all at the at Bend. We were on a golf trip in Bend and we watched the Blazers lose game six to Denver. Oh God. Oh, I know. It was boy, it was was bad. it Eagle it Creek? Bad. Where are you guys at? No, we were in Sun River at the time of that game, and then we ended up playing a bunch of courses in that area. But um, we watched that game, and me, him, and another buddy of ours, we just went for an hour and a half on every conceivable C.J. McCollum trade. And it was like, hey, hey. You didn't call me for this? I Well, I, I, it was so spur of the moment, and we were drinking, and it was like it was so funny. that We'd be Could like, zoom me in, you coward. We'd be quiet for five minutes at all. Then I was like, ah. Mike, Mike would be like, Wait, would you take Ben Simmons or would you want? And he just like named two middle road players, and I'd be like, uh, I'm taking Ben Simmons. <laughs> Take Ben Simmons. Uh, this one from Zach at Zach Backpacks. Which top three draft prospects stock can be most impacted by their NCAA tournament performance? I'm gonna take this one. I'm gonna say Paulo. I think, think if, if, I think okay. if he takes the ball and really shows he can be not only the scorer, but the creator, because Duke has so many guys who need the ball in their shot diet, it's it's not great. Like they're they're I think Paolo's got some more in his game than he has shown, but not to the point of like insanity. And I just want to kind of see how that plays out. Like if he becomes kind of a bit of a creator for them. Because if, if that's real, then you can kind of unlock, you know, you can get some small ball five out of him, like where you run him as a creator and you can just be hell for teams. With Jabari, I don't think that because of his guard play, I don't think he's going to be allowed to have the ball enough. Because Paulo, that the one thing he has over Jabari is his shot creation ability, which Jabari is still lagging behind in. So Jabari still needs the kind of a green light to get the ball whereas Paulo is going to have the opportunity to do more with it. I think that's the 
if I if I had to kind of teeter totter because I think with his performance already, I think Chet's already nailed in the number one. I think the next question is, is who's two or three. Well, and I, I I'll answer that um, slightly different here. I think Paolo's a good choice, and I hear everything you're saying, but I'm also I'm thinking of the teams, right? So I'm trying to eliminate some of these prospects because I'm like Orlando doesn't need a guard, like a point guard. Detroit's not looking that direction. Oklahoma City's not looking that direction. Oh, you're thinking about Jaden, huh? Well, I was I was thinking like could he could elevate he it and get traded up for? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm wondering is if could he be a commodity that you trade up for? That's I'll, interesting because he's the best guard in the draft. There's no doubt he, about it. He is, and it's you know it's not a position of need for your first three. Even Houston, you know, I, I guess I depend on what Houston wants to do, but um, I don't know. I, I think it'd be him, or I'd go with Matherin or Griffin. Like if Duke has a run, or Arizona lives up to a one seed billing, gets the title game. You know, those are those are reactionary picks sometimes. And people are like, damn, you know, when the when the when the lights were bright and the stage was the biggest, this dude came to play. Mm-hmm. That matters for teams. So I, I would go with one of those three options of who could improve their stock and elevate it even more. It's hard to argue against Chet maybe locking up the number one pick today. But, you know, one of those wing type players could really maybe interest one of those top three teams to pivot a little bit. That's I, I like the idea of, of swapping to towards uh, Jaden Ivey moving into that spot because you could have like a Markel Fultz situation where a team really prioritizes a guard and was like, I want to make sure I get there before somebody else. And another team's like, listen, man, we'll trade back for like one or two spots. That'd be that'd be an interesting situation. Like, managed to, managed to pause that before I got it out. That one snuck up on me quick. Um, I was going to say which which teams are, are are like looking to trade back right now, uh, and like the way things currently sit, like I could see that happening. Like, does Detroit nearly need another bleed ball handler? I mean, this might be a deep enough draft for a team like Detroit to say, yeah, we'll we'll take a, this pick and we'll drop to where you're at, and they could be okay with the player they end up getting at that. Blazers point. give up the you know the number five and the number ten. Well, I mean, even think about you know Oklahoma City's interesting. They've got a. Sh- Geister load of draft picks. You're maybe they, they want to. Maybe they want one of those real bigs to yep. pair with Shea. Yep. yep. You're telling me they can't find their way up, and like it's just the draft order could be completely different than we think yeah, too. No, so. that's true. I like that. I like that. I'm an idiot. I click through the questions here. There we go. Uh, this from at Lillardera. Sean, what do you think is more likely? Blazers trading for someone like let's say Jeremy Grant with a picks uh, pick or picks that we have, or using both picks on young players regardless of pick number. So this is kind of a, a, a and or situation. Oh man, that's tough. I'm I would lean more towards them using both picks. Yeah, that's where for I players going. than yeah. trading both picks. I say when I say when I say four players, I mean drafting them. I would lean more towards them drafting two players than trading both picks away for current NBA players. Unless Joel Embiid seriously becomes open somehow. <laughs> well, let's say one uh, a stud becomes available immediately. Then you could talk me into it, but I still think that they're still looking at those kind of options. Uh, Dragon says, I'd seriously think about taking Ivy and trading Dame. This isn't a Donovan Mitchell, C.J. McCollum situation where it's very clear that you could be like, yeah, I could get 75% of C.J. McCollum right away and Donovan Mitchell, where with Damian Lillard, you are not getting 75% of a Hall of Famer in Jaden Ivey. Like, that's well, not, that's the, I mean, he might be, but you're not, it's not a, that, that line is not very clear. I think, I think part of that question is interesting to me because I'm like, all right, no, but I I won't be shocked if we get closer to the draft if their picks become really good. Mm-hmm. I think it's a small percentage, but there's going to be some Blazer fans that do entertain that thought of like, oh, 100%. we love you, Dame. Thank you for everything, but we could start with this very young nucleus, everybody kind of on the cheap for now, and go forward. I Again, I don't think it's going to happen, but... I do think some people are going to start to think that a little bit a once we away. get closer to the draft. That's oh, the, yeah, for yeah. sure. But this year is interesting because they might have two top ten picks. Hell, they might have two top five picks. Like, that's what's insane about the possibilities of this season. Yeah, it's it's a weird, it's a weird, or they weird could, way. they could have picks there. nine and 11. Like, they could, I mean, either way, they could be in a, in a, in a good spot. And this from uh, Steve DeWald at Steve D. Hoops. When will we have a Jack Ramsey's and Church of Roy podcast crossover slash power hour? 
Like, well, it sounded like he wanted to do a drinking contest. Oh, that's, the, that's, that's the power hour, too. Okay, all right. Have you ever done a power hour? Where you just drink and do a podcast? Yeah. No. Oh, it's great. No, I've, no, I've never dabbled in those waters, oh, Daniel. Yeah. I barely it's, drink a Coors it's good, Light. It's, it's a good time. It's going to be, uh, that'll be the members only. Yeah, that definitely would be a members only. That'll be guess. a members only version. This we we kind of already hit on this already, but this one I missed over earlier. This is from Justin Sisney at Justin underscore Sisney. If Timmy decides to go to the NBA, do you think he plays at the four or the five? And where do you see him being selected in the draft? He's a backup five who is a little undersized, but he's a backup five, and he's probably a second round guy. Let me, let me see where Wait, the mock is right now. I'm I would have certain. him. I'd have him bottom. 12 of the second round type guys and I yeah you have him as a backup five when you can play a little smaller uh drew timmy draft stock I don't know I I give him a little bit of a more of chance I think being a player in that league than maybe some others he's 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 on he's on the edge yeah no doubt he's like 55 to 60 it's Definitely. Like he's he may not get drafted, but yeah, I, that wouldn't be shocking to me either. You bring him in as an undrafted guy, on, and that's yeah. that's the other thing. Like, the, do you want to be an undrafted NBA guy who gets a chance and maybe get something, or do you want to go overseas and make buku money and live like a god? Right, right. It's always, it's always, it's, me, I, I I say it's easy for me, but if I was in his position in my twenties, I'd be like, mm. Uh, I think that's all of the questions that I had in the pile. I'm trying to scroll through like this real quick. Jeremy Cricklow, he, he had another one here. It says, what does a trade package for LeBron James look like? I don't know. Are you <laughs> drafting Bronny James? Because that's the only way that's happening. Uh, 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 well, it's both your picks. It's Nas. It's probably, they'd, go, they'd probably want Ant. I mean, he could just force his way out. He can kind of do whatever he wants at this point. Oh, for sure. And... Well, he if he was smart, they would have traded AD, but they didn't. So there they are. Yeah, what comes out of the Lakers is going to be fun. I, I would I really wouldn't be shocked if he somehow ends up getting his way. He stays there, and they get rid of Russ. And I wouldn't. I really won't be shocked if they trade AD. No, they're 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 in a horrible spot right now. It's just an awful spot. And, and I'm sorry, the dude gained weight. He made the biggest mistake. He gained weight. He can't stay healthy with it. So he's not a guy who, who again, who can carry that additional weight. It's always interesting. Well, yeah, because he was, you know, he was thinner, but like he wasn't skinny. Like he was bigger than people thought he was. He was like two thirty when he came out. Like he was a bigger. That's a good skinny. size for yeah. him. And I, I saw a video the other day of uh, him in a blazer. It was somebody tweeted a highlight of him in the playoffs when they played the Blazers. Through the Pelicans, yeah. He's Bro. put on a ton of weight since then. I mean, it's like 30 pounds, yeah, it no, looks he's, like. like and he's he, way bigger up top. And he was moving and just mm-hmm. gliding and yamming. And then, like, he gets legs. And they want to chip. So like it, it paid off, worth yeah. It, but you're just like, if you didn't gain that weight, you guys might be winning multiple chips, man. Like, you were that player. And that's what was going to be interesting, kind of come full circle of, like, how much weight can Chet put on. Right. And, like, be effective. I don't know. Uh, it's kind of funny because it's, it's – it's, it, not funny. It's it's fun because he's a very divisive subject. There there are not many people like I I kind of fall in the middle. I think I'm in the strong minority of people like we're like I could see it working, but I could also see the bust potential. Like I I can see it. I don't think he's going to be a bust. I think he's going to be a good pro. It's harder for me to see him being like this unicorn type thing that's just like immediate impact. Right. But I've gotten so many texts and DMs of like. What do you think of him? You know, are you gonna you know see him on Saturday? Da, da, da. And then the idea of what what you kind of look for in him and in his career, you're either he's too skinny, he's trash, he's gonna be nothing, he's a bust, or he's a god. And it's kind of yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on either one of those. Like, but it's funny because in the past we have not the last couple drafts, like the number ones have been like, yeah, no, that guy's he's like Zion, like. He was what twenty seven and seven on the best efficiency since Shaq. What's the percentage you think of fans that are in versus out? Because I here's the thing: I have a I have a feeling, even though I might not be all in on him the way so many others are, mm-hmm. I feel like it's actually seventy five twenty five in, and the twenty five are just the loudest. Sure. I think a lot of people see. Um, I'd probably lean more towards like sixty-five, thirty-five, or sixty-forty. Okay. 
because I think people look at number one skinny, and the other thing yeah. I don't say a lot is uh, white. Really, say love you is white, <laughs> which like it, it has its connotations. It's oh, just, that's in my top four reasons to not pick him. That's definitely of my list of things to not like. That's well, definitely he, one and of he them. had the arc with with, with uh, Michael Lee where the profile where he basically said I'm I'm, I'm paraphrasing another writer here, but um, the idea of um, don't project your white hope on me. Like he, he the, the way that he talked, but I, I kind of like that. I like yeah, that. no, and I think it's an interesting um, aspect of of kind of how it plays out. Uh, Dragon says Chet is one of the most enigmatic draft prospects I've seen in over forty five years, maybe the most. I'm not really going to push back on that much. I don't. I don't no. think that's much of a hot take. No, like because I I don't think there's a clear line. Like Jabari Smith, you can draw a clear line on. Guy can shoot the living hell out of the ball. He's six foot ten. He plays good defense. He's incredibly athletic. He's a fluid athlete, and he does things that make a ton of sense. Paolo Bancaro is six foot ten, two hundred and fifty pounds, and can score from every level. Can put the ball on the floor. He is a very, very gifted offensive player. Chet is less quantitative because of so much of his impact is defensive, and it's hard to put a tag on. Uh, Rudy Gobert with a jump shot. Oh, it's really hard to do that. Because even if he does anchor your team, you're not running your offense through him, and offense has proven to be the most important aspect of basketball for the last 20 years. And until that pendulum swings back a little bit more than than it is and has been, that's going to continue being the case. And so I, I think it's a very, very interesting spot for this all to kind of land up in. But we'll end up, we'll, we're going to land right here, right now. We're going to wrap things up. We appreciate you. We love you. Thank you all so very much. We will have the watch party tomorrow for the Brooklyn Nets game. Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show Friday night for the members only. We will, it's our first edition of the members only podcast slash live show. Uh, ben Gulliver, the homie of the Washington yes. Post. Will BG, be baby. BG will be here live tomorrow. And he uh, just wrote a piece on Chet. And we will ask him about Chet. I, I will yeah. tease this a little bit in the sense that he is higher on Chet than I expected him to be. Well, he flew out to uh, the WCC tournament mm-hmm. and to go watch Chet in person. So he got to speak with Chet. I hope he talked to his dad with that camcorder. And he wrote a piece on him. So I'm looking forward to talking a bit about him. Yeah, we will. We will definitely talk uh, a lot about Chet with Ben. Uh, the um, transition from Neil Olshay to Joe Cronin, which uh, obviously Ben was here during the prime Olshay years, and uh, where we're kind of looking at heading, what he has heard, what he has seen, what his expectations are. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun uh, to kind of go into with that. Because uh, number one, Ben's really good. Number two, uh, Ben's the homie. So um, it's well, always good to have the homies on the show. And we've done some things for the, the members of the community, but we, we, we've been working on this. Like the season's kind of in the tank. Um, it is very we, hard to do post-game shows right now. <laughs> it's, it's super hard. You know, we're more enjoying doing the live watch party. and That's kind of it. But like um, we wanted to bring this to the, the members because yep. we appreciate you guys a lot. And we've been thinking about ways to do stuff. And this is kind of the avenue I think we're going to go is we're going to do some stuff that's exclusive just for the members. And, you know, we'll eventually release that content, but like we want to keep it tight there for the for the members to kind of have a sneak peek. Because look, we're we're also you know using our own time here, so we appreciate a lot of people out there for all the support they've had for the show. And I think Ben would be a great start for those kind of conversations. Yep, uh, I will say uh, Gunderson is going to hop on the show. He's going to hop on the watch party. He texted me earlier today. He wants to come in and, and hang out. So let's go. We'll, 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 Gundy. Have, we'll have Gundy here soon. Um, we'll yes. have a couple other guys. So. It's going to be a hot take party tomorrow. I, I'm getting lit, and I'm going to throw the hot takes at Gundy all night. We, we will figure it out and kind of go from there. Um, other than that, you guys have a wonderful, wonderful night. We'll take care. Talk soon. I have to go cook a big old batch of Caribbean jerk chicken. So, nom, 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 nom. Get out of here, you jerk. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's named after me. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful night. You can find us on social media at Jack Ramsey's, at Danny Morang, at Brandon Sprague. Email the show, jackramsey's at gmail.com. Other than that, you guys take care. Talk soon. Have a... Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.